Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, you are watching episode 153 of the Believe in Rams podcast hosted by myself, Jake Ellenbogen, and my wonderful co-host, former Rams linebacker, Cameron Lynch. And uh, like the key in in that whole thing that I just said, linebacker, remember that. Remember that this is going to be the like the theme of the show linebacker before we get into it. Be sure to subscribe, like comment, rate, review, all of that. Um, and we'll get into the ad read and then we'll, you know, go right to the obvious burning question. So bet online remain, remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from NFL and bowl season to esports. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news and game trends at bet online. Bet online features live betting, free contests and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. The fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right. <clears throat> As I continue to lose my voice, Cam, I don't know why, but uh, burning question, my guy. All right. This, this, this is dedicated to you. You know, you played linebacker for the Rams. Um, you know, you played on the defensive side too. You weren't just a special teamer. You played on the defensive side. You got those snaps. So you know what it means to be a linebacker in the NFL. What does Cameron Lynch, the linebacker, think about the Rams releasing second team all pro linebacker Bobby Wagner? I mean, you know, you just got the heart here. It just, just breaks. <laughs> it's just, it was a heartbreaker, man. To see him leave the Rams, it's very tough to see. Um, you know, I think I saw a graphic where, you know, Bobby Wagner is probably the most productive linebacker in the NFL. I think year before Michael Parsons, who is an absolute animal. Um, you got Kendrick from from the 49ers. He was there as well. And that listening, it was Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner from the Seahawks. So just to see the, the best linebacker in the NFL leave the Rams, it hurts my soul. You know, it hurts my soul. Uh, Raheem Morris, I know he's probably – you know, his heart's probably breaking as well. Um, it, it's tough to see. And I know Bobby Wagner represents himself when it comes to being an, you know, an agent. He is his own agent. And so um, I did see something where, you know, he wants to relieve some space with, with the cap. And then also, too, he wants to actually win. And when I saw that he wants to actually win, I'm trying to figure out, okay, does he not feel like the Rams are heading in the right direction? Of course, we we watched every game last year and we saw that they weren't headed in the right direction. So his heart's broken, our heart's broken, Jake. So it was it was a tough blow to see that. It really was. And, you know, I think we can start off and this is why, you know, the burning question is so great, because it can just lead to all different conversations, branching out and everything. But let's stick with this. You just said, you know, he wanted to win, right? Let's talk about that. First and foremost, you listening out there, you know, obviously you're a Rams fan if you're listening to this in some capacity. I mean, what do you feel, you yourself, Cam, when you hear he wants to win? Like, is that something like, okay, he sees, he foresees moving forward this team is not going to win? Or is it something where... You know, we had a bad year last year, and I'm not sure I want to go through that again. And it's almost like I know you guys won a Super Bowl, but when I got here, that's not what I saw. And so this team could be on the cusp of that, but last year was a little too much for me. I played all 17 games. I watched it all. I'm ready for, like, a fresh start, you know, somewhere else. I'm not willing to go into the second year 
uh, you know, with all the the whispers about Donald retiring and McVay and all that, I just want to, you know, a clean slate. Is that where you lean where he just wants to go somewhere else because last year was tough? Or do you really feel like Cam, he was looking at this and like, I don't really see a path to victory with this team. I think it might be the second one. It's sad to say, but I feel like it's more of the second one. I'm not sure if it's a sinking ship. You know, he's probably seeing things that we're not seeing. I'm not sure. But, you know, I think we talked about it last year, that bend, don't break defense. You know, like it sounds good until you're actually in that defense and your team is, you know, bleeding yards and bleeding, you know, um, just an advantage on the football field. And I'm not sure if, you know, Bobby Wagner, I'm sure he has some foresight. You know, he's been around great teams. He's been a Super Bowl champ. And what he's seeing in the Rams now, this new and improved Rams, I feel like his faith in the team is not there anymore. You know, uh, I feel like he's wiping his hands clean. He's like, all right, I'm going to chuck the deuces and, and make moves elsewhere. You know, I do feel like if he if he knew that this team would be great in the future, then he'd be like, all right, you guys, I'm, I'm going to strap up my you know chin strap and, and get ready to see me um, in OTAs in the offseason. Um, you know, Aaron Donald, you know, him being healthy, him coming back, you know, what kind of conversations have they had? I'm very curious. Um, do they believe in the coaching staff? Do they believe in Sean McVay anymore? Um, Raheem Moore, like, what does that look like? So, you know, it, it's tough to say. And I know a lot of times we talk about this when a lot of teams win championships, their coaching staff gets plucked away. And so from the Rams, when they won that Super Bowl, you know, two years ago, you know, those key ingredients, the people that probably would have helped Bobby Wagner stay aren't there anymore. So I feel like it's the latter in your question. And I don't think he has faith in this new Rams team. And, you know, it's it's tough to blame him, Jake. You know, he's, he's probably towards the back end of his career. And he's like, hey, I want to get on a squad that I know I can win. You know, and in my mind, immediately, I'm thinking like, OK, Dallas Cowboys, you know, like, you know, these guys are on the cusp of winning. I don't like the Dallas Cowboys, but they have a great <laughs> defensive, co- defensive coordinator. You know, he's familiar team. with familiarity with yeah dan quinn exactly dan quinn exactly he he's used to that 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 scheme so you know i wouldn't be surprised if he went over to uh, dallas cowboys i'm sure dan quinn was like hey buddy you know i know you guys had a <laughs> tough year last year i'm staying here with the cowboys i was a former head coach like come over here let's put that star in your helmet and kind of see what can happen so it was tough to see but i do think that that bobby wagner has lost faith in, in the rams defense and the rams team yeah, it sounded like, you know, from what they were saying, what Jordan said is that they had really good conversation about it. Um, you know, they left in in good terms. Um, my thing, Cam, is that, you know, first off, before I get into my thing, I totally agree with you. I think it's the second thing. I, I don't think he's looking at this team as like they can't win. I don't think he's looking at this team like he's not going to win here. I'm just thinking that you have one chance to make a good impression. And I think when you look at that, you know, that first year for him, uh, he was still him and he, you know, and, and still in his sense, like, Hey, I'm 33 years old now. You know, I want to win another ring before this thing hangs up. And I know maybe, you know, he's looking at it like five and 12. Like I understand it, but like, do you, I don't know if you got a chance to check out Jordan Rodriguez article. That could also be something with it because there were some interesting things in that, that, you know, I think there are people that are kind of out on Sean McVay after that there. I've heard people say it like fans, but I would actually say it, it really, it, it's really cool to see Sean McVay put himself 
into the position to be that vulnerable and be that honest. Um, and I think, you know, it actually highlighted a, a, a real issue, I think, with mental health, like we've talked about in self-care and all that, and, and why he even led to the point, you know, why he even got to the point where all of a sudden he's not sure if he wants to return, which he did hash out. Um, but in that piece, and, and we could go into it a little bit later, I'll explain more. But right now, you know, kind of sticking with the flow, in that piece, like it was said, Bobby Wagner took on a more leadership role. And this is a guy that was brought in to be a leader. He was brought in to be that guy and, and teach Ernest Jones and whatnot. But there was something more than that. Like he was, you know, a guy that you could confide in the locker room. And it sounds to me like honestly, McVeigh needed him to keep his spirits high. And I don't <laughs> think that's something that Bobby Wagner expected. I mean, when you play almost your, I mean, pretty much almost your entire career with, you know, Pete Carroll, you're not expecting to have to lift Pete Carroll up, you know? So to go from that, to go to Sean McVay and then, you know, everyone wanting you here and, you know, you're seeing this team, uh, you know, this is your rival team. You were on Seattle and, and, you know, you get a chance to get back at Seattle essentially, and, you know, go to the Rams and they just won the Super Bowl, and you're thinking, okay, this could be the, the start of something special. And then the way this season went, like, I think Bobby Wagner you know, closer to the second thing instead of the first, like it's not that he doesn't think they can win. I think that, that, you know, that first impression, it, it, he still w was great about everything. And I think he is very gracious of the opportunity to come back home uh, and play in front of that hometown crowd. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I do think it bothers him. I do think the, the losing bothered him. I think, you know, him being out there with Jalen Ramsey playing all 17 games with Tyler Higby and Rob Havenstein and seeing other guys that were shut down, veterans that were shut. Why wasn't I shut down? You know, not saying that he would have wanted to, but why was it that the moment, you know, Donald got nicked up, he was shut down, but like I'm still out there putting my body on the line. You know, I think there, those are things that, that come into it. And then also we don't know, you know, it was mutual thing. So we don't know like what the Rams said to him. We don't know if the Rams told him, Hey, we're not going to bring you back this year. Uh, you know, we have cap issues. Uh, we don't know if they tried to negotiate a pay cut. I mean, keep in mind, Bobby took less money to come here. Bobby took uh, like his contract does not equal what he brings to the table. And you could say, well, Jake, he's 33 years old. He's not going to get paid 20 million a year. He absolutely could. If you pay him one year, $20 million, he absolutely could make that. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a second team all pro should have been the first team. He got robbed, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I just, I feel annoyed by this. Everything that like comes out, all of my opinions that I've had now a day to kind of, you know, soak this in after going live and kind of, you know, sounding off my live reactions. I'm sure you can imagine I was a little bit less more like less focused and more just reactionary because I, you know, I was reacting to the news, but when you have a chance to kind of soak it in, you, you see things from different sides. I see, okay, you're saving 5 million, but you're also incurring a 7 million dead cap hit. So that's not really great. Uh, on the other hand, you know, 2024 roster bonus would have kicked in, uh, you know, March 19th. So they had to do that beforehand. The entire 2023 salary gets guaranteed March 19th. So that's why they opted to go with a pre June 1st designation release instead of after June 1st, which would have saved them more money, but they would have been locked into that. Um, so I, I get that to an extent, but it just, it, it bothers me that once again, the Rams will shell out picks they'll make these weird trades in the draft where it's like, 
they shouldn't add another pick onto it. Like you're already, so you're trading down, but then they end up swapping picks. So it ends up like they have the same amount of picks and they just moved up a little bit. Their trade structure is kind of weird. And I kept thinking, Cam, I'm like the fact they couldn't trade a Bobby Wagner. I'm still annoyed. They weren't able to trade Todd Gurley to an extent. I'm not saying they would have gotten much for him because of his knee, but I, there's just something that feels wrong about the only guy on your team that got onto the all pro list last year and Bobby Wagner, and you release him, you get nothing for him. And those of you were asking Jake, what about compensatory picks? No, that's not a natural free agent. You created that you cut him. He didn't have his contract, uh, you know, run out. So essentially, no, you're not getting anything for him. All of that. Mm -hmm. He's about the only thing that worked out last year, Cam for them. Nope done you get nothing yeah. like as yeah. as willy wonka would say you get nothing good day sir like it, that's how i felt and i was just like i'm not happy about it man i'm, I'm yeah. not happy about that you know i mean so you could say he was the best team to player on the rams team right aaron donald's on the team so that's that you got to x that out bobby wagner best team to player on the rams team period i mean Jalen ramsey of course you know all-time talent but you let that you let a guy like Bobby Wagner go. That that's I don't think it's unacceptable. But I do think there's something else that's going on. I think you walked us through just now. You know the trades and all that. I don't think it has to do with any of that. I think it's something deeper. Um, and I'm sure Bobby Wagner, in time, you know, will 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 express it. And like you said, Bobby Wagner left left with grace. You know, uh, the fact that he left without bad mouthing or or anything like that. I think it just shows his class and. You know, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes next. You know, does he go to the 49ers? <laughs> you know, does he go to the Cardinals? Like, does he go to one of these teams that are within the, you know, the Rams uh, conference? I don't I don't think so, but it'll be I interesting. I think he goes to Detroit. Ah, uh, that could be a, okay. They just uh, released our guy, Michael Brocker, saved $10 million in, in cap space. Okay. Um, I wouldn't mind a Michael Brockers reunion, but that's another, that's another thing. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of reunions that we could have too. I know with Tennessee Titans, I sent you the, uh, the message as soon as it happened. Uh, there's oh, there's yeah? some movement on the Titans. So Bobby Woods and uh, your guy Luan, you know, he's, he's available. I'm as a well, little, so. I'm out on him actually. Good. <laughs> good, good. Why he's, is that? So the last, so, so I really dove into it, right? I did a live stream the other day and two of the last three years, he hasn't even played a, a half a season, not even half a season, two of the last yeah. three years, he's yeah. 31 years old. I'm not worried about that. They got Whitworth late, right? They got Whitworth old. Uh, he was like 34, 35 when he signed, but I am concerned with this constant injury pattern Two ACL tears, right? Um, I mean, you're saying he's not even going to mesh. Like in your opinion, you don't think he'd mesh with Sean McVay. And for anybody though. that's like, no, no, Sean McVay could coach anybody. I mean, that article was, was pretty, pretty damning. Uh, not, not damning, so to speak, but it showed you that Sean McVay's human. Like, you know, I mean, another thing I'll add with that article for the Raheem Morris haters out there, Raheem Morris was, was the straw that stirred the drink folks. In terms, he was the Reggie Jackson of the Rams this year. And what I mean by that is when you're, you're reading this article, you know, Jordan did such a great job. Jordan Rodrigue of The Athletic did such a great job of kind of, you know, really painting a picture in your mind. Like it got to the point where players weren't even going to Sean McVay. They were going to Raheem Morris because Sean McVay's door was closed. I mean, mm. it got that bad in the season. Um, I thought an interesting little tidbit, Cam, that none of us knew about. He actually gave up the play calling. He passed the sticks in the Chiefs game. He gave it to Liam Cohen. 
So, um, you know, not getting too far off off track. We'll we'll get back to that. But I mean, I think really the the big thing here is talking about like Taylor Lewan, for instance. You know, the idea well, Sean McVay could coexist with anybody and not worry about it. We found out Sean McVay's human. Okay, like that's what we found out this past year, and it's not a bad thing. Human, you know, like being a human being is a weakness that we all possess. I mean, that's just, you know what I mean? It's, it's not any, it's not like a, a weakness, so to speak. It's just what we yeah. deal with. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like you're right in a sense, like if you get the wrong guys in the locker room, yeah, they're not going to mesh. I mean, Cam Akers at one point was, you know, starting some stuff. Like he, he basically flat out came out and told Sean McVay, whether he's right or wrong about it, uh, the way he did it, he was right about the, what he was talking about. He was saying basically, he didn't like the usage in the run game. And I don't blame Cam. I think he was right. You know, yeah. I mean, we've been saying run the damn ball. We've become the run the damn ball podcast. It's a meme. Sure. But I still see that hashtag floating around. And, yeah. you know, I'll just say this. If you bring in guys like that after this past season, if you bring in guys that you can't mesh with, it's going to go downhill before it even starts yeah. to go uphill. And, the last thing I'll say about the article until, you know, probably later on the show is uh, this is a cool moment is that Sean McVay got to the point, the Baker Mayfield pickup. There were some in the organization that felt like it was like, Oh, it's a Sean McVay project. Like whatever, like, let's see what ends up happening. Like not really thinking much of it. And this somewhat kind of got Sean McVay back on his feet. It got him excited about football again. And, you know, I think that was a really interesting thing because then he had like, I think it was a 15 minute conversation with every player. They just asked him like what they wanted to be when they grew up. And they all said football player. And he said, go out and have fun. And all of a sudden, you know, you could say, oh, that's lame. Like, you know, it's all about winning championships. Russell Russell, Russell Westbrook type thing. Oh, just go ahead and have fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like oh Guys yeah, are- it's just you know we win championships here. We don't we don't just you know what what is this having fun? These are professionals. These are uh, this is soft people talking 2022, 2023. But in reality, it's not as simple as that. It's not as simple as just shutting off your emotions. It's not just as simple as like oh yeah, these are professionals. We'll get through it. I know I'm talking to somebody who literally lived this life, but it's not as simple as that. And I feel like it showed some humility. And the fact that Sean McVay went through, talked to all, you know everybody on the team, 15 minutes, whatever. And now all of a sudden on the sidelines in the locker room, you have these like unsung rookie heroes or young guns that are now happy, right? They're in games, uh, late in the games, you know, they're, they're playing hard. You had the Broncos game. I mean, that was kind of, we called it the Christmas miracle because it was like, there's nothing good about this season. There was like hardly any redeeming qualities and you had that and you had the Raiders game, you know? And I think that is, that's the big thing here is that they're getting on the right track. That's really what we, what we take away from that is that at the end of the year, they were starting to figure it out a little bit. Maybe they didn't win those games. Okay. But they got screwed in Seattle. I mean, we've talked about that. But regardless, they they finished the right way. You know, they they played hard until the end of the year. And, you know, you got to tip your cap to that. You have to also assume you're probably not going to have as many injuries this past year as you did last year. You know, so there's a good chance with a third-place schedule, not as many injuries, you know, changing the morale in the locker room because, believe it or not, a Super Bowl team the year before was starting to get really down in the locker room after they lost to the Bucks. They pretty much called that their season. So, yeah, I think 
all of this trending upward, you don't bring in a guy that you don't believe in. And, yeah. you know, Cam, we'll talk about it a little bit later because I think there are some options. But let's get into uh, Leonard Floyd because there was an interesting little tweet that he put out there and he deleted it pretty quickly. Um, I forget the nature of it. I could bring it up real quick. But it, basically, to paraphrase it, he's saying that he knows he can he can basically ball you know, for a club, he knows what he brings to a club. And, you know, it's it's very interesting there because he doesn't tweet very often. Now, all of a sudden this comes out the day after Bobby Wagner, I can tell you right now, it's not going to be a pre June 1st release designation because if they did that, Leonard Floyd would be a 19 million dead uh, cap penalty to save about $3 million. (laughs) So if they do that, I'm going to be throwing hands, Cam, I'm going to be throwing hands. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and you know, going to your point, right, with Leonard Floyd, it just it, it reminded me of Les Snead when he came back after the season and said, Hey, we're gonna re- do some remodeling. And it felt like with that remodeling, it's it's feeling like a clean sweep at this moment, right? You see Bobby Wagner leaving, it's like, ooh, are they gonna are they gonna sweep everybody out of uh, you know out of the out of the defensive side or what is that gonna look like? So it, it reminds me of that remodeling concept and going back to the Bobby Wagner piece. And going back to that that article that you mentioned, you know, Bobby Wagner came in as a leader. Leonard Floyd, I would say, is a, is a leader on that defensive side as well. You know, when it comes to this offseason, making sure that veterans are now in place for the Rams is going to be really important, right? To be able to bounce back from adversity, you're going to have to have guys who have been through the ringer. Um, you just mentioned there's some rookies that shine really well, and they're going to step up in that leadership role. But it's going to seem like that Rams defensive side is going to have to have more leaders stepping up. you got Jalen Ramsey, of course. Hopefully Leonard Floyd is still in the mix there. But now the fact that Bobby Wagner is out of there, you're going to have to have leaders not only in, in the starting group, but also in the backup group, right? Um, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day, right? He, when he went to the Chargers, now he's not there anymore. That was a leader. He might not have started every game, but he was someone that can pick up the slack and really – push things forward. Morgan Fox, right? You, you have guys that were key pieces and key leaders, but they're not, in, they're not there anymore. So do you bring it, bring back a Michael Brockers who I know from experience, he's a leader. You know, we would do ladder drills. He's like, Hey guys, let's just make sure we're not hitting the ladder. Let's make sure we're doing the little things. Right. So I think the biggest thing that's missing now, just from hearing you speak about Sean McVay and him being vulnerable is that leadership piece. And so little Floyd, he's a leader. I think we keep him. We keep him in the mix there, uh, uh, Jake. I don't know if we we have we can afford to to let him go. A June first designation, post June first designation, does make it like okay. You save about fifteen million. Uh, you, you incur, I think, a four million dead cap, which isn't a, a big cap hit. Um, but ideally, you don't. If you could restructure him, I, I would prefer to go that route, just because. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about, you know, the defense and it's like the reason the bend don't break looked as bad as it did last year. A lot of people don't realize is that it's really predicated on creating, you know, a pass rush. And then that way, you know, your bend don't break. Essentially your, your corners don't have to cover as long, right? You know, they can't just get the ball out, you know, if you're constantly getting your pass rush there. And we saw that and how it worked and led them to a Super Bowl. Uh, but they didn't have that pass rush. Like Leonard Floyd played well. Leonard Floyd also sets the edge well. Are you sure you want to just move on from him? I don't think it's as simple as cutting a guy like that. Once again, I think I'd be a little upset if they just cut him. I think he's a trade candidate to me. I think if you don't like want that contract on the books, you figure out a way to trade him. You figure you should have 
figured out a way to trade, you know, uh, Bobby Wagner. You know, it's one thing to do right by players. You know, you traded Robert Woods to the Titans. You took nothing in return. I mean, like literally nothing. It was like a sixth round or two years from now, whatever. Um, it's one thing to trade him to the team he wants to go to. You know, Robert Woods has been there. It's another when you're constantly just trying to do right by the player. And now you're hurting your team. Like, does this make in 2023, does this make the Rams football team better by getting rid of Bobby Wagner? No, clearly this is a long-term move. But what you could have done is had a long-term move that also made your team better because you realize the reality is Bobby wants to leave and we need the money. So you trade him, you get a, a fifth or a sixth. And now all of a sudden you turn Bobby Wagner, who is a second team all pro. And who knows, maybe he's a sixth rounder that turns into a guy like Jordan Fuller who can start for your team. And then you don't feel that bad. Right. But now, I mean, you're taking on a cap hit. And then on top of it, it's like, you know, you're barely saving any money and you don't get any draft picks. So if they do that with Floyd, at least with Floyd, they would be saving a lot of money if they cut him post June 1st. But mm -hmm. I still think they should trade him because if if you're going to move a guy like that, you you got to trade him, in my opinion. I, I think yeah. he's he's got a lot of talent. And the thing that I will say, Cam, is at the deadline, what did the Eagles give up for for Robert Quinn? You know, what did what do these teams give up for these pass rushers? At the, why didn't the Rams consider this option as well? You know, yeah. when they sat on their hands, essentially, you know, after Christian McCaffrey was no longer an option and Brian Burns was no longer an option. And part of the the brass, they were kind of split from the report said, you know, there were guys that wanted to go after it and go all in for, you know, the Super Bowl and, and make that run. Uh, and then there were guys that were like, eh, I don't think we're there. We're going to hold on. We're, we're going to stay pat. If you were in that camp, why weren't you advocating to trade away Bobby Wagner at that point? Maybe, you know, you don't feel like this is it. You know, this is just not it for you. You don't feel like we're going to get there this year. And Bobby's probably a one year. Like, that's my issue. So the I can take solace knowing if they do cut Floyd, at least they're getting double digit back on the cap. Yeah. Uh, the Wagner thing still bothers me. And we've talked about it, man. I feel like, you know, Leonard Floyd for a minute now, we've kind of had the the idea that as unfair as it is, especially he played all 17 games and he was injured half the year um, and he was playing at such a high level when, you know, post by, he's probably one of the odd men out. I mean, that's probably it. You know what I, I think is going to end up happening is that ironically, everybody who doesn't like Raheem Morris is going to have to hear this. I think Sean McVay has a lot of respect for Raheem Moore, so much so I think he thinks he can elevate the defense without these stars. And I think that's actually kind of scary, right? Because, you know, I think when you get that mindset, okay, we can move on from a Jalen Ramsey. We can move on from Leonard Floyd. I don't necessarily want to do that. I, I think, you know, you move on from Leonard Floyd. Okay. It's going to piss me off to an extent if they're not able to get anything for him but it does save you 15 million, right? You moved on from Bobby Wagner. Okay. He was 33. I'm still annoyed by it, but okay. He's 33 years old. Jalen Ramsey under no circumstances. Does it make any sort of sense to trade him or release him? But I've, I've teased on the show before that. I was like, I'm not so certain he'll be back. Yeah. And Jake, I have one question for you. You know, there's a saying that says happy wife, happy life. How <laughs> does Aaron Donald feel <laughs> about all of this? Right. You got his guy, Bobby Wagner, right behind him. That can make his job a lot easier. He's gone. Leonard Floyd holding down the edge. How is he going to feel about that, right? Because at the end of the day, it's Aaron Donald's defense, right? And so, like I said, happy wife, happy life. Is Aaron Donald going to be happy about all these moves? And, and is he being consulted about this? Like, that's, that's my thing because 
you know, at the end of the day, when Aaron Donald has his fingers in the dirt, the world revolve, the football world revolves around Aaron Donald, right? People are probably watching the game, even though they have a game themselves to see, hey, what is Aaron Donald doing? I know we have him about two weeks from now. And so making sure that Aaron Donald is happy with this defense, I think that should be the number one priority for Rashawn McVay and for Raheem Morris. I don't know, but that's just one thing I realized we have a hit on and happy Aaron Donald is a, is a, is a great football team, I think. So what's fascinating here is we might disagree on this, but, and look, before I say this, I do a podcast with a player. Okay. Like I do a podcast with you and I interview tons of draft prospects and I'm all pro guy, you know, going out and getting his money because it's a dangerous sport, but there's something that bothers me. And we can even bring NBA into this little analogy here. Like LeBron James is one of my favorite players in the league. Love him to death. But I get so annoyed when LeBron's like, I don't know why we're not doing this. I don't know why we're not doing this or going after this guy or whatever. I, I don't know. Like he was all upset about Kyrie Irving. Hey, LeBron, you shipped out all of our young talent, D'Angelo Russell, you know, uh, Brandon Ingram, guys like that, you know, uh, Josh Hart to go out and get Anthony Davis, right? Or Lonzo Ball. Sorry, not Russell was a different thing. You, you know, to go out and get Anthony Davis. We get Anthony Davis, right? Then it's, we, we trade away, you know, Kyle Kuzma and so forth to bring in Russell Westbrook. Now you want Russell Westbrook gone and you're upset that Russell Westbrook isn't being traded for Kyrie Irving. It's like, when does it end? Don't you realize like <laughs> you're the one that w- is the reason why we have to make these moves and have to make these reservations. Cause now we don't have a future. Like we don't have a pick uh, until 2027. That's what I'd be saying to, to LeBron James uh, as a GM. But then when you, I think you know where I'm going with this, Aaron Donald, you want to be paid, my guy. You wanted to get another deal. Well, you can't complain if now the Rams, in order to afford you, in order to pay you with one foot in and one foot out, my guy, because you have mentioned retirement more times than I could count. Mm-hmm. So on, on one hand, you know, you are the best player in the league. You are the most dominant player in the league. But on the other, we have a ship to run. We still have these guys we have to pay, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're paying all sorts of crew members. You know, if if this is a pirate ship, we're paying guys to shoot the cannons. If this is, you know, a pirate ship, we're paying guys to clean the, the bottom of the deck. We have to pay them all, right? Yeah. So in order to keep everybody under this salary cap, which I still think there needs to be a soft cap like we've talked about, we have to make these tough decisions. And if you're upset about Bobby Wagner or you're upset that we have to get rid of Leonard Floyd, well, this is <laughs> yeah. this is what it took, you know, yeah. to be able to afford you. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's a good point, Jake. That's a good point. I think about Tom Brady, right, when he was with the Patriots. Always. I'm sure he's, he's taken many and many, you know, pay cuts. Best quarterback in the Tons. league, won multiple Super Bowls, but he was he was selfless and he got other guys paid, right? And so I do think when it comes to Aaron Donald, when it comes to restructure, if that's possible, right, like he's going to have to be a little bit more selfless in that. And you have a point, right? It's for for the team to be where they need it to be. Aaron Donald might have to give some of that chicken up, you know, like, like Tom yeah. Brady did. So yeah, you have a good point there. You have a good point. Well, the, the thing I always found funny is, um, you know, because I feel like obviously, like I said, get as much money as you can as an athlete, set yourself up. You never know. You play a dangerous game, but yeah. like the ultimate cheat code in the NBA, like if you wanted to win a, uh, you know, an NBA championship, like imagine if LeBron was like, I'm going to take a Tom Brady pay cut, dude, who is beating that team? If if you don't have that guy taking a max contract, you want to win and you take a Tom Brady level pay cut, we're talking probably half of your salary. 
I mean, maybe that's two max players. You know, like it changes the game. It changes your depth. Now all of a sudden, oh, we have no bench. We have no shooters. Now you have shooters. Now now we can pay. It's the same thing with the NFL. Like if you have a guy like Tom Brady that is going to take those pay cuts, I mean, how do you think it helped him? I mean, it's not just him being necessarily selfless. It's him being smart too. I think the Giants are going through this right now with Daniel Jones. Like Daniel Jones camp wants $45 million. I get it because Daniel Jones isn't Tom Brady. Like there's a chance Daniel Jones could fall off pretty quickly, right? So he's trying to, you know, cover his bases. But could I not make the argument that Daniel, if you take 30, 35 million, they spend that on, on an offensive line, you know, like offensive tackle or whatever. Now, all of a sudden you're more likely to continue to play. You're more likely to succeed. And it's not like you're pulling one over on your team because you're afraid you're not going to be good for, you know, that much longer. And you're just going to get the bag and leave. It's now this is somewhat sustainable because now I have my money. I have a good amount. But, you know, if you want 45 million, I mean, to me, that's just a status symbol. Like, do you think Daniel Jones needs 45 million? I think I'd rather have a left tackle trying to protect my blind side for the next 10 years. So it's the give and take, you know, and I feel like if we didn't have Tom Brady, if we didn't have Peyton Manning during that Broncos run when they won, you know, they went to the Super Bowl, they got creamed and then they won it. Like, how do you yeah. think they afford all those guys? How do you think they afford Aqib Tlaib to go out and get him? How do you think they afford to pay Von Miller? How do you think they afford to have DeMarcus Ware? It's because Peyton Manning and guys like that were were selfless, but also smart and, and cerebral and realized, if I take less money, like, I'll make it back in endorsements, man. I'm Peyton Manning, yeah. you know? Yeah. This, and that, this that's, also remi- that's my this thing. Reminds <laughs> me, this reminds me uh, of Lamar Jackson, because as you know, he's re- representing himself right now. Yeah. He's one in the bag like Deshaun Watts. I think it was like a hundred million or something like that. So absolutely. <clears throat> at some point, you know, you think about Aaron Donald, right? He's probably towards the end of his career. As you said, he's one foot in, one foot out. So he's trying to get that generational money before he's like, all right, I'm gonna chuck up the deuces and hey, I got my Super Bowl. Hey, Rams, do what you want. And then you got Lamar Jackson, who, you know, once he takes all this money, I would be surprised if they're gonna have any money left to to do well for the Ravens. So um, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I think, like I said, man, happy wife, happy life. Jake, I think you pay the money. Tom Brady's a little bit different. I mean, he had some foresight. He knew he was going to keep winning championships as long as he was as long as he was selfless. Aaron Donald may not feel that's that that way. You know, he may not feel like he can affect the game enough to be like, hey, I'm going to bring these ga- these guys back to the Super Bowl. I got mine. I got my money. Now I'm out of here. Lamar Jackson, he might be feeling the same way. Like, hey. I don't know if they want me or not, but regardless, I'm going to need to get my bag so I can secure myself for the rest of my life. So I feel like there's, there's two sides of the coin here, but definitely, I, definitely. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a balance, man. It's a, it'll be nice what? to be in that seat though. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, well, when you're a Lamar Jackson, it's almost different, right? Because you know, you're talking about Aaron Donald and you're playing a position where you yourself, like you're not really, you're not getting tackled. You're not having people dive in your knees, sometimes cut, cut blocks and whatnot, but they've started to take that stuff away. So really you're the one you're putting, you know, you're the one pressuring guys. You're the one putting, you know, the, the wear and tear on deep, you know, offensive linemen and things like that. And, and you're the one that's chasing people, not them chasing you with Lamar Jackson. You could argue, I mean, that guy, you know, he plays a, a level and I love Lamar to death. I think he's one of my favorite players in the league absolutely outstanding um he plays a position where you have to sit there and you got about two seconds to get rid of the ball before you get killed and then furthermore (laughs) the way he plays 
Like yeah. he's always put his body on the line, the way he runs around and everything. And he's put himself in weird positions because he'll, he'll maybe he does the, you know, the stutter step or, you know, he does the high step or whatever. And now all of a sudden Ooh. he's put himself in a weird position, maybe where his ACLs like here. And now a guy like it just takes one helmet to these, you know, he, he does need to kind of figure himself out because of that. Right. Daniel Jones. I get it. He runs too. Like I get guys that are, are constantly getting hit. You know, my thing is, I feel like Donald, like Donald got his big payday and I feel like Donald, it, it's more of like a status symbol thing. Like I'm the best. I know I'm the best. I want to get paid like the best. And I feel like, yeah, you know, cool for you. And it's not necessarily you're, you're, you know, wrong for it. it doesn't make you a bad person. But when all of a sudden your buddies that you, you know, you were, uh, going out and recruiting no longer are wearing the same uniform as you. Now you need to know why. And I think that that's a real thing that I'm glad we discussed because, you know, there are people that always side with the athlete. Um, and I do side with the athlete a lot because I think like the sport that you played cam is like just going out there, knowing you're going to get, you're going to continue to get hit by a car, you know, play after play after play. And you just stay out there and you're like, yeah, we'll figure it out. Right. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it's ridiculous. It's kind of yeah, sick. It, it's, it's ridiculous, right? I mean, I, I've been hit by a car with no pads on. And I can tell you it hurts. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry I to mean, go through that, by the way. Yeah, no, no, no. We're 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 all good. But but no, it, it, I understand. You know the 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 danger of it. Um, also, the NFL makes a ton of money, so they you know you can pay the players. But the problem is, the more the salary cap goes up, it's not how you would you know you would assume if you didn't know the league on paper you'd be like oh well that's more money to pay this guy this guy and this guy it's like no no no. now the top guys want even more money so yeah. you, you're like patrick mahomes 50 million no it once this tv deal starts really pumping out you know dollar signs i'm telling patrick mahomes is going to be like a 65 million dollar quarterback and that's yeah. the problem is that when does it end yeah yeah. You know, yeah. how do you and and really the NFL is going to have to step up and be like, all right, we need to have a soft cap or whatever, because I mean, this is ridiculous. Now, like the Rams who built a good team are essentially being penalized because of the way they did it. I don't think that's necessarily fair. Uh, I think the soft cap should be in place because you should be able to go over the cap to sign your own guys. If yeah. you're going out and just having a shopping spree, you know, in free agency, that's different. But if you're bringing back an Austin Corbett, you're bringing back Von Miller, you're bringing back so and so forth. I think that that to me, it should be within the rule. And I I like that the NBA has that. And I think the, uh, the NFL needs that, but we could go on and on and on on a tangent in that regard. Uh, Rumor has that the Rams are focusing on building back up the offense. Uh, Question for you, Cam, is this smarter? No, because you know, on one hand you're like, okay, you're re you're reallocating your funds you're reallocating your capital, we're moving away from linebacker. We're not known for necessarily paying linebackers since Alec Ogletree. Um, you know, so it, it's one of those things where I think they're, they're almost repurposing and reallocating. So like a Bobby Wagner, now maybe that becomes an offensive lineman or what have you. Where are you on this? Is there, is there a fine line before it gets like a little too much to where Sean McVay is first year drafting Gerald Everett, drafting Cooper cup, drafting Josh Reynolds, like, like when when it's when does it become too much? Nah, nah. I, I mean, I think you mentioned earlier about Raheem Morris, right? Him being that staple defensive mind, um, he can make he can he can make a defense do what he pretty much wants to. He is Aaron Donald up front, right? I, I think the defense will be fine. I think we saw this last year, but the offense was the big Achilles heel. 
Number one, make sure you have a nice backup quarterback, right? I think we learned that lesson last year. Let's make sure we spend some money on a backup quarterback. Number two, make sure we have a great offensive line. Um, we've learned that lesson last year. Offensive line wasn't yes. healthy. We, we talked through this in our, our last podcast. Let's go get an offensive line to protect Matthew Stafford. Full stop, Jake. Like, spend the money, get an offensive line. Let's make sure these guys can, can be healthy. We already know our backfield's decent. It, our backfield is great. Run the damn ball podcast is what we talked about. <laughs> and the way we do that is if we have a great offensive line. I believe one of the offensive, new offensive coordinators for the Buccaneers, he mentioned, he said something really cool. He said, we want to make sure that the run and the pass is a marriage between the run and pass. And so let's make sure the run game is solid. We know Cam Akers can run the football. We need an offensive line. Maybe get a center, right? Maybe get some people on that team that can really build the confidence for this offense. And then we know we got some receivers. My guy, we got Cooper Cup. We got Robert Woods, possibly, you know, they're and available. We got Tyler Higby. We got some guy, Van Jefferson. We got some guys that can make some plays on the offensive side of the ball. So I think we stack that up. We load it up. And then on the defensive side, we make sure that we get some leaders, right, in the free agency. I don't say we spend so much money on them, but we just get leaders to fill that void from Bobby Wagner because – we need it, and the defense, they held their own last year. Jake, I know we talked about the bendle break. You know, they're beating us in different ways, in different areas, but that's because they're on the field for so long. Stack up the offense, yeah. score some points, and then let the defense do what they're going to do, a.k.a. Aaron Donald do what he's going to do. So, yeah. I agree with you, and, and actually, to your point, um, you know, I think something that kind of gets lost in translation is that, like, look, does the defense have to be as good as it was last year? No. I mean, the offense just needs to not be 32nd in the league. And you could argue <laughs> if they were 20th in the league last year, the Rams win eight games. You yeah, don't think geez. they could have won three more games with, with, with a, you know, moving up the rungs, 12 spots in the offensive ranking. I mean, for real. And, and I think, yeah, I think that's something that, you know, you have those internal discussions with your new coaching staff, you bring in new guys, you know, we've talked about bringing in a new offensive line coach and Ryan Wendell, they're going in a different direction. I'm like, I was actually surprised they got rid of Carberry. I don't think that was his fault at all. And I actually thought he did a good job of getting guys up to speed, like an Inseki and the job that he was able to do a 38 year old left tackle who, you know, I mean, just the fact that he played at that high of a level was crazy. Then getting guys like Chandler Brewer, who really never got an opportunity. They were on the practice squad and he looked like he was ready to play. Odea Bushi, right? You know, these guys that, you know, these unsung heroes, essentially, that kept the offensive line somewhat together. And surprisingly, Cam, last year, as bad as the offensive line was, in spurts, they had some really good games. I mean, there were some games where they didn't allow a pressure. There were some games where they didn't allow a sack. You know, like, those games existed last year. I know like in the grand scheme of things, when you clump it all together, the offense line in a nutshell was pretty bad. But when you think <laughs> about it, those games, in my opinion, that is what Carberry was able to do. So I'm very curious as to what made Sean McVay move on from him. What made him bring in Ryan Wendell, who is actually below uh, the former offensive line coach for the Rams and Aaron Cromer, who's now with the bills. Um, what made him want to bring in Nick Cayley for the, the tight ends coach? You know, there are some Patriots fans that weren't so kind about him, uh, you know, being the tight ends coach. There were some guys like Dalton Keene and uh, the tight end out of UCLA that always escapes my name. Probably people in the comment section, like feverishly typing away. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like it's it, like people like players like that that didn't necessarily develop. So, you know, I think people have some reservations about him. You know, what made him decide to go out and be like, you know what, 
we need to bring back Aubrey Pleasant. Like, so why did you not promote him to begin with if you believed in him like that? You know what I mean? So I yeah. think that that's certainly interesting. Why did he want go with Mike LaFleur, opt to go with him instead of Thomas Brown, uh, losing Thomas Brown to Carolina? There's so many things that I think we're going to find out over the course of this year. Um, and I also think it's going to shape the type of personnel grouping that we see, you know, the type of players that we see, um, you know, I, for instance, you know, you, you talk about the days with Jeff Fisher, like they brought in Tennessee Titans, right? And when Les Need took over, they brought in some of the Falcons because Les Need was an executive with the Falcons, um, you know, with Dimitrov. But uh, you know, like you see those connections, right? And the, the first thing that comes to mind, Cam, and this actually goes right into my next little bit here. Um, George Fant, Mike White, Connor McGovern, Nate Herbig. Now, people hear that and like rolling their eyes, like, Jake, you covered the Jets too. We know where you're going with this, but hear me out. Mike <laughs> LaFleur coached all those guys. He was the offensive coordinator yeah. for the Jets last year. I feel like that connects them to those guys. Now, McGovern is one of the top centers on the market. I don't think he's an option. I really don't. I think he's going to go get paid. I don't even think the Jets are going to bring him back. I don't think he's an option. But Nate Herbig, talking about cheaper option, cheaper guys to fill out your offensive line that played productive football last year. Like, he was pretty good when they needed him. And then you look over at uh, Mike White. You know, Mike White, we've talked about this. We, we brought this up on the podcast before. If you don't get a guy like Baker Mayfield back or you don't want to draft a backup, Mike White is a solid backup quarterback. I'd say yeah. he's one of the better backups in the league. And yeah, you could get him cheap. What is he going to cost? Like two yeah. million dollars? You know, yeah, has the familiarity on. with the offensive coordinator. And yeah. then uh, the last guy I brought up, George Fant. Love the opportunity to get George Fant because to me, you can use him at left tackle. You can use him at right tackle if Havenstein were to go down. And I think Fant is a guy you bring in and you don't have to commit to. You don't have to make him the starting left tackle. The reason I like this is because it gives Alaric Jackson some competition. If you decide to go in-house, you you know, you keep Alaric Jackson, you have him battle at left tackle, you know, with George Fant. Fant's going to be ultimately pretty darn cheap because you have guys like Orlando Brown that are going to get paid 23 million a year. Um, you know, you have other guys like Isaiah Wynn that we've mentioned before. You got Taylor Lewan, big name is going to be on the books. I don't think the Rams getting rid of Bobby Wagner are going to be spending and allocating onto the big prized, big name free agents. So I want to ask you, Cam, does it make sense to go after the cheaper free agent option this year? Uh, cheaper isn't always better. <laughs> we, we've gotten stuff from the dollar store that breaks in two seconds. Like, okay. Yeah. But sometimes you can find some gems. And what I'm asking you is, does it make sense to go after a cheaper free agent and draft pick, right? Go after some draft picks, fill out your, your guys, you know, fill out the offense line with that, fill out the whatever you need with that, or go after the big prize free agent and just kind of wing it. Yeah, I think we had a conversation last last uh, podcast about the Chiefs and how they got some great offensive linemen from the free agency. I think that's the route. We go with these big free agents because we just mentioned it, right? Guys getting hurt, number one. You know, with these guys getting hurt, that's one thing. We, we want to have some guys that are true and tested. We want to have some, the tried, true, and tested for this offensive line. When things go awry, we, we need guys to say, hey, we need to do this, this, and this to be successful. I think that's number one. Number two, for this new up, upcoming year, having a rookie, having a whole bunch of rookies and guys out of the draft step up and you know want these guys to turn that sinking ship around, that's going to be super tough to do. So I think we, we take a, 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 a sheet out of the Chiefs playbook from two years ago. After they lost to the Buccaneers, 
get some big name free agents to fill some of those slots. We, like I said, for the folks listening, feel free to jump back to our, our last podcast as we talked about what that looks like on the offensive line. And I think we need to have leadership in this locker room. That's the biggest thing for us to turn the ship around. Then the following year, maybe, okay, let's get some young cats in. We kind of got our culture back, ready to go. You know, Sean McVay's feeling confident. Everyone's feeling confident. Uh, Matthew Stafford's feeling good. Now let's go get some rookies. But I think this year you have to make sure that you have some tried and true, some tested guys that have been around the block. Like you said, Mike White that can say, hey, I'm going to be starting right now, but, you know, left tackle, left guard, y'all need to be doing this. Receivers, y'all need to be doing this. It's the only way that we can get to the playoffs, the only way that we can win. So I think we need to have that that in our locker room. Um, let, let go big or go home. But when it comes to the draft class, let's let's wait on that to the following year. We didn't have a good enough year to bring in some rookies to expect these guys to flip things around. That's that's my thought process, Jake. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I, I'm kind of in a you know in the middle of that. Like I kind of see where you're coming from. I actually, I mean, I see multiple tiers because I mean, you know, this is kind of the way I I see things. Like I just kind of picture the ball in my mind and everything. Like when, when I'm talking about tiers, Cam, like pick a tackle and pick a guard for your top tier. Obviously, that tackle is going to be Orlando Brown. Is he an option? Hell no. Okay, he's 23 million a year and the Chiefs are going to franchise tag him if they don't come to an agreement. So they're not letting their prized guy go that they traded for. So he's not an option, right? Where do you go from there? You could say Isaiah Wynn is the is the top tier guy. You could say Taylor Lewan. Are you going top tier and then, you know, uh, pair them with a guard? And is there a guard out there that you're going top tier with? To me, I don't know. I mean, I think when when you look at wanting to to build up your offensive line, I think what makes a lot of sense is you go back, you retrace your steps. What worked last year? Well, Ty Inseki at age 38 played pretty darn well, right? Uh, so having that veteran presence helped and, you know, was relatively cheap. They could bring him back. But the argument I'd make is there are some, there's two tackles that I'd really like. Fant, I think it would cost about $3 million a year. So very reasonable two years, yeah. 3 million a year. So it comes out to be like 6 million. Um, and, and he has familiarity with the offensive line coach. He started multiple games in the NFL, whether it be for Seattle, uh, whether it be for the jets, the year, not this past year, but the year before he only allowed one sack. Um, so well. he has had, <laughs> he has had experience. He's not the sexy option. So there's going to be fans that are like, Oh, George fans trash, but no, that's actually, I think that'd be a good pickup. I think it's reasonable. Um, then, you know, this is a guy that I interviewed during the pre-draft process a few years back. Uh, his name is Calvin Anderson. Okay. You know, he's, he's been kind of, you know, a little bit of a Merc, I guess for, for the Broncos in a sense, like he comes in, he'll plug and play sometimes and, and take over as a backup uh, tackle. I think there's a chance that, you know, he could come into this and, and for, you know, relatively cheap. Um, and man, I mean, that guy, he is a very good dude. So you'd have a really get good person in the locker room, you know, a guy that you could trust, um, a hard worker. Uh, and then another guy, you know, that I interviewed in that pre-draft process, Dalton Reisner, who also comes from the Broncos, started games for them. He's got a mean streak. He's willing to protect the quarterback and go the extra, the extra, you know, way. So it, say a quarterback gets late hit or something, he's going to stick up for that quarterback. He might get a 15-yard penalty, but he's not going to let that, you know, that crap fly with his guy. I always admired that. I think that's something that the Rams need. You can't be, you know, hitting my quarterback way after the play and not mm -hmm. get a little something in your face yeah, and i think dalton Reisner's gonna 
Yeah. yeah. Dalton Reisner's got some spice to him. I think he <laughs> makes some sense. You know, uh, Nate Herbig, <clears throat> another one, not as sexy, not this new, uh, you know, latest draft pick. Like people know Reisner that have followed me. They know like that. I interviewed him. People know Calvin Anderson to an extent. I mean, not, not that well. Uh, but Nate Herbig is one of those guys. That's just like, you know, He's like the, uh, you, you know, the, uh, what was it? The miracle tape or whatever that, that meme where the guy just puts the, the, the tape on that boat yeah, and like it stops oh, yeah. it from, the leaking. yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. He, he's that guy. Like you, you don't even have to see him because like the tape is at the bottom of the boat. You don't even have to see him and he's just, he's doing his job. He, he's not the best guard in the world, but he's good. Like he's good yeah. for the NFL and he'd be relatively cheap because he's not a big name, Nate yeah. Herbig. So Herbig, uh, Reisner, Anderson, Fant. That's where I'm gravitating towards. Jake, that's who quick, I'm thinking of. And Fant, going back to Fant, uh, I think there's something that you said. He played for the now offense coordinator for the Rams back at the I think that's extremely important, right? You have a player that's essentially a coach on the football field. So when things aren't going right, even on the sideline, you have someone that can reinforce what the coach, what the coach says. It's a new offensive coordinator, so it's going to be new to the offensive line, but we have someone in there that can reinforce what he says. So I think I'm more leaning towards the fan option because of that. And right now, the Rams need it. The Rams need that reinforcement. They need that second level, that second layer of leadership. So out of that, that five or four people that you just mentioned, fan, it will be my favorite. You said he allowed only one pressure. Was it last year? It was the year before, uh, the year before last year. Yeah. So his second year with the Jets – yeah. He, he pretty much, he's a guy that's almost always healthy. He yeah. almost always plays all Come the on. games. You know, this past year, he, he got nicked up a little bit, came back. He played half the season. But before that, 15 games, 14 games, 16 games, 16 games, 14 games. Yeah, to me, yeah. this, is, uh, this is just somebody that, you know, is he the sexiest option? No. Is he going to be the one that, like, if I, you know, say he gets announced, right, they sign him. And I do a, a live stream immediately when he signs. Are people going to become piling into the live stream? Like, oh my God, we got George Fant. Like, I don't know, maybe, but like, I'm not expecting that. Right. But he's yeah. 30 years old. I mean, he'll be 31 July. Um, but, you know, he's, he's played in, you know, he's played with the Jets. He's played with the, you know, offensive line, uh, offensive coordinator in Michael Fleur. Um, yeah. I think he makes the most sense. Uh, you know, Jake, I, I love it. I love it, Jake. I love it. I mean, you, and you said it too, right? He, he was nicked up at the beginning, played the second half of the season. Therefore, he's tr he's tried and tested, right? He, he worked out that injury. Yeah. I, I think he's the guy for the Rams, Jake. If we, if we see it come across the ticker tape at some point, let, let's start the live. Let's make sure that we get on it and have a welcoming party for him because that's something that the Rams need. We need somebody like that on, on our offensive line. No, I, I absolutely agree. And and I feel like what's what gets lost is the idea oh, this is our issue and this is our biggest issue. So let's allocate the most dollars towards it. You can't necessarily weigh how much something's going to help you by how much you spend on it. Um, you know, I think in a lot of cases, like we've all tried things, like I've tried different things. I haven't bought in the actual name brand of something. I've bought, you know, the off brand of something. It works just as well. And I mean, it, I think it's disrespectful to call George Fant an off brand starting left tackle, but George Fant isn't, Orlando Brown, but George Fant is a starting left tackle in the NFL that you can get away with. And the, the whole purpose about getting Fant is that he can push Alaric Jackson 
in that starting job, right? So now you go after those two. This this is kind of my plan. I, I have the gears turning, Cam, right? Yeah. So you have the, you have those two, right? And uh, you know, then you have them battle it out. If Alaric loses, okay, you move him to left guard. That's the great thing about Alaric Jackson, can play guard, right? So then what's the deal with center and right guard? You have right, right tackle locked in. You so you have Fant, you have Alaric Jackson. What do you do with center and right guard? Well, personally, I think they they need to move on from Allen. I think Allen is too much of an injury risk. I think you keep Coleman Shelton as a backup utility guy that can play three positions on the offensive line. Uh, but he is going to be your backup center. I think the big issue the Rams ran into is having him start the season at right guard, him being the backup center. When he got hurt, it put them in a really bad position because Brian Allen was hurt. So now all of a sudden you have the police Academy guy, uh, you know, in Cologne taking over. I know that's like your favorite. You always bring him up, but uh, you know what I'm saying? So you got, you got the, the three and the four, essentially you got the center and you got the right guard. What do you do there? Well, you have guys like Chandler Brewer that you found out, Hey, he could play some decent football, but do you want him starting? Probably not. He's good depth. So you look at Alec, um, not Alec Jackson, uh, Tremaine Ancrum, you know, fantastic person, you know, up for the man of the year award nominated by the Rams. Great guy. I think he's a guy that you, you feel good about in that depth room, but who do you want to start? Then you have Logan Bruss coming off a torn ACL had no chance to even live as a rookie in the NFL. He now had to do all that rehab. Didn't get any better. I feel like it's way too much pressure to put on him. So where do you go? David Edwards is a free agent. Do they bring him back? He had two concussions. Are you a little concerned about that? That's where I think you go with Nate Herbig. I think you spend the money. You bring in two jets, offensive linemen. I'm not just saying that because there's a jets helmet right behind me, but for real, you bring two jets, offensive linemen that have familiarity with Michael floor that can have the easy onboarding path. You yeah. bring in another jet uh, quarterback in Mike white. And those guys are going to be around the three, the two to $4 million range a year. That is what you're looking for when you're, you're strapped with cap space. And now what you can do, my friend is you can go out in the draft and you can look at uh, Cody Malk from uh, you know, North Dakota state, or you could talk about John Michael Schmitz, who we've already mentioned on this show before. Everyone's talking about him being the Creed Humphrey. And guess what? Now you have veterans on the offensive line. Havenstein's a veteran. Herbig's a veteran. Fant's a veteran. You got Alaric Jackson, who's been Mr. Consistency when they need him. He plays well. And now center could be John Michael Schmitz. It could be Cody Malk. It could be somebody in the second or third round. And then your offensive line's pretty taken care of because you can fill out the back end. You got some good depth. You have guys that have proven they can play based on last year. Guess what? Now you can go out and get a pass rusher because this team is going to need it. We're going to, I love that Jake. And also too, one thing I want to reiterate the center position is the second leader from, from the quarterback, right? The center has to do the side protections. He pretty much, he's like the middle linebacker for the offensive lineman. And so, Make sure that you have a leader at that offensive line position coming from the Jets, you know, knows the floor. And then you have Mike White as well, who knows the floor as well. That's leadership on that offensive side of the ball. And that's exactly what we, what we need. Higby's a leader in his own right. I actually saw him in Arizona. I meant to tell you that. Saw, oh, saw him in awesome. Arizona. Saw Bryce Hager there. Just went to go party with Bryce Hager. Saw Higby right next to me. Neck is swole. Like my man is looking, you know, diesel. He's a leader in his own <laughs> right, right? You got. Bobby Woods, a possible opportunity to bring him back in a leadership role. So Cam Akers in the backfield, he's been doing a great job. So I, I kind of like that, Jake. I kind of like our, our offensive uh, makeup there. And, you know, we'll see. But the Rams, we just need leaders. And if they're coming from the Jets, I'm, I'm not opposed to that because we have a, 
a leader in, in LaFleur coming from the Jets. So let's make sure that people behind him can can reinforce what he's saying on the offensive side of the ball. And we're going to be successful. But I don't think this year we have the, the time in the wiggle room to bring in some people that don't know what LaFleur is going to do. They don't like a, a rookie or we don't need that. We need tried and true people who know what he's going to do and then to spread that out for the offense so we can win some football games, my guy. Absolutely. And I think we're, we're definitely on the same page there. Um, again, you know, with Raheem Morris, what he can do elevating the defense. I think it's all very interesting and, and we'll certainly find out more as you know, time goes on and we'll have another show next week. But I thought that was a great way to wrap it up. Kind of give some people, you know, some, uh, Something to be a little bit excited about. I mean, I understand, you know, it's hard to get people amped about having George fans, your left tackle and, and having, uh, you know, Nate Herbig, you know, those aren't guys that just are like, it's not having having Zach Martin and Andrew Whitworth again. Um, But it gives you a sense of what we're talking about, where we could see the Rams, you know, you could say, Oh, well, we could just go out and get a, you know, premier left tackle. And honestly, if you're spending any money on any of the positions on the offensive lines, left tackle or center for me, uh, those are the two most important. Um, but I think it makes the most sense with what we were just talking about. I think, you know, you stick to the value, you find the value, you use your pro scouts the right way because the pro scouts are going to be ahead of this. They're going to be like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, I was scouting Nate Herbig and saw what he did with the jets. And now we get LaFleur in here. It makes a lot of sense. And yeah. you know, they'll see the fit. I'm not too worried about it. Um, you know, but I do think that you got to figure out, you know, how to do this, like fix the offensive line in a way that doesn't use all of your allocated uh, capital to fixing the offensive line, because you have other weaknesses, you have other needs. It would be so ignorant to just assume the Rams fixed their offensive line and they win a Super Bowl at this team the way it is. Yeah. They're going to need to change some things. And I, I think this is the best path to you. You know, you're able to fix some holes. You're able to, you know, put some putty on there and, and, and you know, fix it up a little good, Imagine, right? You still have... Tape. <laughs> yeah, the magic tape, right? And uh, but then also you you're able to somewhat add to your defense, maybe get a veteran corner, you know, get, maybe get a veteran yeah. safety, help out Jalen Ramsey's job, make his life a little bit easier. And then keep in mind you're gonna have to pay Greg Gaines or Ashawn Robinson or both, right? So you gotta figure things out here, and I think this is the best compromise. It's it's not maybe the number one solution people are gonna want, but keep in mind it's going into 2023. This isn't for the next five years, this is a yeah. compromise. And then as we continue to get more cap space, yeah, the brass could be like, yeah. So then 2024, we go out, maybe we, we shell out dough for that big time premier left tackle to keep Stafford upright. But for me, yeah. I like this. I think this is the best move because there's not a lot of options that you can, where you can go that don't somewhat cripple your team and leave other team like the holes wide open. Yeah, we, we can't afford it, Jake. I, I think you're right with that. And I want to say this lastly, make sure Aaron Donald is happy. Get some pass rushers that can help him out, take the pressure off of him because he's always need double and triple team. What is it? Happy wife, happy life. So <laughs> make sure Aaron Donald's happy and then protect Matthew Stafford with the offensive line and we'll be good to go. Absolutely, man. Hey, this has been a fun show. I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, tuning in. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, review. Go tell somebody, you know, if, if, you know, you know, there's a big Rams fan that, you know, and they don't know about us yet. Uh, be sure to tell them that the believe in Rams podcast sent you over to them and uh, that's going to do it. You know, this show has been presented by bet online our friends over there. We appreciate them. And uh, this is episode 153 in the books until Ooh. next week. Cam, 
think it's a pretty good one. Excited yeah. to see how this one turns out. But uh, you guys take care, and uh, we'll see you guys real soon. Later, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.